Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The World Cricket Show is proudly supported by Newbury Cricket. Quality bat makers since 1919. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show with me, Adam Bayfield, and Tony Kerr. Hey. No gags tonight, Tony. No uh, no hilarious intro to uh, kick things off and get us all in a good mood. Firstly, because we haven't got time for gags, and secondly, because we're not in a good mood, are we? We're in a very, very solemn, very sombre mood. Yeah, this is no time for joking around. Yeah, it feels a bit weird. We're in your kitchen come dining room again. Uh, it feels a bit weird because we're doing this. We, we, we normally have uh, mounted microphones, but we're, we're going freestyle tonight and uh, we've got the mics handheld. I feel like I'm on news round or something. <laughs> yeah, so the idea is that we're going to be taking our podcast equipment on the road. So we thought we'd just see if, uh, yeah, if we could hold the mics on hand and not you know, resist the urge to sort of fiddle with the cables and whether you can actually hear any of this. So. Yes, this is a, a practice run, a dry run. Yeah, test. Yeah, don't eat it. Don't. Yeah. Try not to lick <laughs> the mic. It's very tricky. Yeah, it's the sort of podcast equivalent of like Blair Witch, isn't it? It's kind of, it's all shaky, found found audio. <laughs> found podcast. Yeah. This is what happened shortly before we were brutally murdered. <laughs> well, that's God. A, certainly, certainly are in a, a somber mood. Uh, yeah, because Tone, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, there was another another humiliation, another big defeat for England in the Caribbean. Um, At least they're consistent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, we're going to dive right into it tonight. So, uh, just to, I'm sure everybody knows what happened. Just to to briefly put us all on the same page, England losing the toss in Antigua and, and being asked to bat on a very tricky pitch. We're knocked over for 187 with Kemar Roach taking four wickets. West Indies then responded quite brilliantly with the bat, grinding their way through 131 overs to post 306, with Darren Bravo's 50 from 216 balls, the third slowest half-century in Test history. So England then, more than 100 runs behind, you feared a collapse from the top order, uh, and you were right to fear it. Roach took four more wickets, Jason Holder four as well, as England was shot out for 132, West Indies only needed 14 to win and they clocked them off without losing a wicket. John Campbell clobbering a six to finish things off and uh, yeah, wrapping up a 2-0 series win for the West Indies. Their first series success against the team other than Bangladesh or Zimbabwe for seven years. A couple of stats then, Tone, before we, uh, before we start picking over the bones of this. England in their second innings only batted 38 balls more than Darren Bravo batted on his own. Uh, and in their two innings put together, England batted 28 overs less than West Indies batted in their first innings. So, give me some reaction then, Tone. What happened? How did it happen? Why did it happen? 
I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've described it as a humiliation. Is that fair? I mean, what, what, just give me a general, just give me some thoughts, Tony. <laughs> I want some thoughts from you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue with humiliation. I mean, it, these two results, uh, yeah, and, and probably as much this as, as the first, it was just so, again, comprehensive, wasn't it? There was no modicum of hope, I don't think. As soon as England, uh, you know, as soon as West Indies built any sort of lead in that first innings, you just thought that was it. It was game over just you know, on the basis of obviously how England have, have played going into to, you know, the final, uh, their final innings of these four. But yeah, de- de- I mean, just so comprehensive. That's all I can say, really. Yeah, I think that's right. It's, it's, that's the astonishing thing is how comprehensive it's been. It's not that, you know, England have barely won a session. So, I, I, in fact, I don't think they have since the first day. Obviously, the, the first day of the series in Barbados, England took some wickets with a new ball. West Indies finished, what, eight down? And it felt like, oh, here we go. This is uh, the kind of turning into now the series that we expected. But since then, I think West Indies have won every session. They've just utterly outclassed England. That's what's so amazing. I mean, you know, the 2-0 the, the scoreline is one thing, and that's surprising enough. But it's the fact that they've been so dominant. It's, you know, you couldn't... I really don't think anyone could have predicted this. Perhaps in our preview, we were, we did underestimate the West Indies. We were too confident about England's chances, but I, I really don't think anyone could have expected it to be so one-sided. And that's no bad thing necessarily. I mean, I think there's obviously, there's a real mood of doom and gloom amongst England fans, not least, you know, obviously very, we just had a very somber introduction to the podcast, but there does seem to be this real sense of doom about the way England performed in Antigua. And rightly so, to an extent, we're going to talk about it. But I do think people should be, you know, perhaps be a bit more cheerful, just in the sense that this is a great thing, what's happened in this series. It's a, as we talked about last time, it does become a bit of a cliche, but it is a great thing for cricket that West Indies have performed so well here. Remains to be seen, you know, who knows if they'll keep it up. But but it is fantastic to see them playing such great cricket. It is, you know, this is something we talked about a lot, but it's, it's, it's more grist to the mill for the whole, you know... Uh, Test cricket being so one-sided, you know, it being non-competitive at the moment. We see so many test matches that end in huge defeats, you know, huge margins of, of victory one way or the other. Um, this is, you know, there have been two more here that are like that, but that's perhaps a problem for another day. It is, it's just great to see West Indies playing so well. And they really did play well. Like the bowlers uh, got their line and length absolutely spot on. You know, we know all about their pace, but the discipline was so impressive and kind of, hunting as a pack that four man unit but you know the, the most impressive thing surely was the batting the way they knuckled down Darren Bravo with that extraordinarily slow 50 but just the application that they showed on that pitch protecting their wickets with their lives it was it was it was terrific to see and they you know they fully deserved the series win no that I mean that's it we've been crying out for the West Indies to perform like this haven't we for a while you know test cricket has been crying out that you know the world of cricket's been crying out for West Indies to, to do this kind of stuff and you know and plant their flag in the sand or whatever the expression is you know as a test team again and you know that, that you know we, we spoke about it last week but that, that is extremely exciting that you've got these players now who, who should be getting all the attention not the guys bashing it around in wherever that is obviously something we've wanted to see for a while. But I mean, you know, from England's perspective, West Indies are still the eighth ranked team in test cricket. As you say, they've not troubled really 
uh, or barely troubled any of the the so-called sort of decent test teams for quite a long time. Uh, and, you know, for England, thinking back, I mean, it, it just doesn't look good for, for Bayless at this point, does it? And, you know, his, what he said afterwards, something that we identified, I think, and, and you know, broke last week. <laughs> just the, the, the kind of, you know, the confused mentality and the, the this perhaps issue, actually, it's a sort of they're a victim of their own success in the, the one-day game. And, and Bayless has said this afterwards, that after, the, you know, this match, that, you know, pr- you know the, the players perhaps don't really know how to apply themselves anymore you know, in test cricket. Obviously, you know, we spoke about the, the number of players who just look carved out for the numbers of six and seven. I think it was you that made that point, actually, Cheers, about the one day, t- you know, the one day success confusing the issue. I'll put that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 332 for me and one for you. <laughs> but you look at, you know, England test results down, or series results down the years. In recent years, you know, there have been some debacles. So, you know, the, the, the Ashes series down under is the 5 0, the 4 0. You know, India away. And yeah, we, I get, we kind of, we've excused them all variously down, down these. But th- I mean, this is uh, Pakistan away, you know. Yeah. I'm keep tr- thinking of more. Yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, you think this is up there? But I mean, this is, this is as comprehensive as any of those. And, and yeah, for the context of it, all the more sort of bewildering and actually you, you, you know you we now look at this England team and you just think like what is going on <laughs> it, yeah yeah how are they going to get out of this one I don't know and uh, you know the worrying thing is you know we sort of started you know 2019 and we went into 2019 it was like you know the greatest opportunity for England cricket possibly in history I don't know just in terms of you know obviously home ashes home world cup coming up the, 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 but this does not leave them a lot of wiggle room now going into that and it, it's, a, it's a really worrying start to the year we're certainly not got off to a great start you know this, this year that as you say is a kind of once in a generation opportunity um, but I'm not sure that it necessarily makes it any less likely that they'll win either of those things if only because you know we know that the one day team has been completely separate in terms of the level of success it's had you know this is not a new thing for the test team they probably think it is but it isn't um that the, the batting has been so poor and that they've struggled so much so the one day team i think we can separate out i don't think it makes any difference to their world cup chances and the ashes yes australia are playing well and and you know batsmen are scoring centuries again and, and they're beating sri lanka but they have their own problems yeah. and it's in england so you know, England will be much better in England, but this is not how it will be reported. But even if England win the World Cup and the Ashes, it actually won't change anything about the fundamental problems that we're seeing here in their test side. And Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Well, we'll see what happens in St. Lucia, but yeah, how... Uh, how England get on in the one day series, you know, you know five match series, you know, will any of this bleed into to that team? And, yeah, and you know, there wasn't a long time before the Ashes. and I don't we- think it will, though. I mean, it, England were abysmal in Australia last year, you know, lost the Test Series 4-0 and then comfortably won those one-day games, went to New Zealand, won that series, and then were 58 all out in the first <laughs> Test a week later. Like I, They really are different animals, the England Test and one-day sides at the moment. You know, I, I think there probably is a direct relationship between the fact that the Test team has got so much worse as the one-day team's got so much better because of things like, you know, the the mentality of the batsman. And, and we'll talk about this, but like the fact that they are trying to play in that same free-flowing way and it doesn't work in test cricket to anything like the same degree. 
but there is a question about whether it's worth it. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. If England win the World Cup this summer, will this result in the Caribbean and the other humiliations that they've suffered in Test cricket away from home over the last few years? Will we consider that to have been a price worth paying? I think. I, I think po- yes. Possibly. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think yes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it. Like, it's not as simple as that because it doesn't have to be the case that you're bad in both. We've you know we've seen many teams over the years that have been good in both. Um, so it's not to excuse it or to say, well, it's, you know, this is the price that must be paid. It's some kind of blood price or whatever. But if it is a fact that that's why they're so much worse in Test cricket now, is that actually something that we're willing to accept if it leads to a World Cup triumph? But it's a, it's a big gamble, isn't it? Because there's there's no guarantee that they're going to win the World Cup this summer. Well, exactly. It's going to be bloody difficult. And yeah, it might just come down to yeah, one, one, one moment one wicket, you know, or yeah. a run out or something, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it's tough. Thankfully, it's harder for people to to look back through our former episodes. Our former is it? Uh, it just take a lot of time, wouldn't it, to <laughs> to go back and listen? You know, rather than sort of searching back old articles. But it, right, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that this kind of this failure will make a mockery a bit of sort of punditry and, <laughs> yeah. and analysis because undoubtedly everyone was like crowing after you know that that series. Yeah, you know, sort of go back to that series against New Zealand, twenty. 15. 15. Uh, the one-day series. The test series. The test series. When Stokes mm. kind of came to the fore and then, you know, it's been building since then and there have been times when England, this positive approach has been lauded and everyone's mm. been sort of loving it. Uh, I don't, probably didn't say this at the time, but, you know, thinking back, it, it's sort of fair, it should be fairly obvious that, you, you know, this you can't play test cricket like that. And we've said it before, but you can't play test cricket kind of full throttle all the time uh and it, you know maybe england have just got a bit a drunk on it yeah i think yeah. that's absolutely right i think they got carried away with their own success in one day cricket and the the limited success that they've had with that approach in, in test cricket it's just as a side note i'd never really thought about that before but it was a smart decision by us to do a podcast <laughs> rather than a blog or something because yeah. it is as you say you can't just kind of uh, keyword search for, exactly um idiotic points that we've made in the past you've got to go through the whole catalogue but yeah I, well so on the on the subject of root and did you mention root why are you on the root yeah, he's a- <laughs> um, well on, on the subject of the positive approach anyway this is something that root has talked about a lot this is maybe where it was going in my head because he talked about this in Sri Lanka, you know the idea I think he said something you know it's not about batting time we're not interested in batting time and that you know what I said last week. I think they consider themselves to be a kind of transformational team that they're going to change cricket. And it's that batting now is all about scoring runs as quickly as possible because you know that's the most effective way of doing things. I think he's been made to look a fool in this series. And and, and whether it's Strong. it's not to say that. Well, the thing is, I may end up looking like a fool for saying that because they may win the Ashes playing that way. Like it, it's not to say that it can never work. But the thing about Test cricket is that you have to adapt to the situation to the conditions of the pitch and the overhead conditions and the team you're playing against and everything like that's what it is. And you can't play in the same way every time, but that England's solution to everything is to be positive, whatever situation they're in, they think the answer is to bat positively. But West Indies proved on this pitch that the way to get through it, you know, the way to succeed was to knuckle down and and grind it out and, the, you know, the idea that eventually a ball has your name on it. Well, maybe that's true, but it's much more likely to have your name on it if you're if swinging, swinging yeah. if you're I mean, swinging some of the wildly. Wickets, yeah. Some of the wickets were were desperate. And, uh, you know, you go back to Bridgetown, the 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 lack of 
desire to dig in and and just play time regardless of what the end game was going to be we we, we yeah, it was disappointing to see and then uh, you know again here didn't even get close and then yeah sort of just the added humiliation uh you know west indies coming in what do they need 17 to win uh, 14, 14 you know and and, and Campbell and Brathwaite just I mean they didn't have to do much but you know <laughs> just middling a couple and it was like game over yeah, yeah. Uh, well I tweeted this but there, there should be a gimme in that situation like in golf like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to bat that if, if you need less than 30 I think you should just say forget it you know just shake hands because <laughs> who benefits from that but then that being said it was they did hit a six to win it and it was quite a nice moment but I don't know I just think you know what what Root said in Sri Lanka about how you know we're not interested in batting time I just feel like they, it, it, what's so frustrating is that they were really good in Sri Lanka, but I feel like they've learned all the wrong lessons from, or they, they looked at what happened and they just kind of analysed it in this weird way where, yes, they did bat very positively in Palakeli and that's, and they, and that's, that's what won them the game there in the second test. But, in the first, but they sort of think that they batted positively all the way through the series with success. But actually in the first test, they were 100 for five on the first morning and it was only Ben Folk's digging in and scoring a, a strike rate of 40 something that got them out of trouble with Jennings with 100 in the first innings as well uh, with uh, in the second innings as well who also played very patiently they won that test through some very old-fashioned batting like we've seen from West Indies here and they don't seem to remember that and they, and they think that it was all because they were smashing it around and it's just frustrating because I feel like in Sri Lanka they got their strategy right as well in lots of different ways you know, around things like they were willing to leave out Stuart Broad and, and play the three spinners and that. But then, but then here they've got their strategy so badly wrong, for, including leaving out Stuart Broad in a different set of circumstances. But batting Stokes at five and Curran at nine and these things that you just look at it and it's really weird and it, it, it's 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 just kind of maddening as a fan because it finally seemed like it had clicked into place and there was some kind of logical thinking behind selections and behind the team strategy. And it just hasn't been the case here at all. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's all a bit underwhelming, isn't it? Is that a bit of an underestimation, <laughs> understatement? Uh, I mean, there were, you know, Broad was, you know, obviously came back into this test and bowled really well and was probably a bit unlucky. You know, Weston got away with it a bit to, to make the runs they did. They did play and miss a lot, yeah. to be fair, yeah. And England dropped a lot of catches. You know, on another day, they could have... It, it could have been different, yeah. yeah. It could have been different. But you'd say that the sort of the, cu- the current uh, tide... 
you'd have said that the West Indies probably still would have found a way to win. You know, their bowlers weren't going to lose that match. And the series, you know, so far, the bowlers have, have been, you know, terrorising England. Terrorizing England. Uh, and, you know, as we said, you know, the batsmen played really well. They just, yeah, they did the job that was needed. Yeah, they did. They did more than enough. Uh, yeah, they, they certainly could have been dismissed for less than they were. But England, again, batted so poorly in the second innings that what kind of target would they be have been setting, even if West Indies had made 50 or 100 runs less? How does Root's position look at the moment, do you think? Obviously, he was on such a high after Sri Lanka yeah, and the win over India in the summer as well. And it, it seemed it seemed like Root's team, that was the... The narrative and one we that said, we were right. kind of buying into, but you know how how does uh, you know how, what kind of series has he had as captain? How's how's he looking now? Well, we, we pride ourselves here at the World Cricket Show on not being too reactionary, don't we? I, I, but that being said, yeah, that being said, <laughs> that being said, off with his head. Uh, <laughs> he should swing for it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, again, it comes down to sort of who else. Like yeah. Denley, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't have the best debut, <laughs> no, Denley. Did I felt sorry for him a bit. It's a yeah, a tough way to get going. But yeah, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, the, the you don't think what the question was? <laughs> how does Root's position look at the moment? Your answer was, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I think he has to continue. But obviously, he's yeah, he is a central part of the of shaping the the strategy. Yeah, the the overall. Uh, approach so I, I don't know may, you know maybe with Bayless going you know obviously Bayless hasn't got long left you maybe maybe you wait to see who the next coach is before you make any adjustments yeah. in that sense I don't know do you know what I mean like maybe just maybe Root and Bayless just aren't weren't born to work well together they may they may get on but you know just the results don't come and maybe the next coach I mean the, the thing with Root though more worryingly than anything is he just didn't score any runs has he no, well, I mean, and he, he got, he got, you know, he was pretty unlucky. In yeah, this he test. got an absolute rocket. He got in the a, end of couple, first. a couple of very good balls that I'm not sure anyone could have done much with. But no, he's not. Well, he scored some, run, you know, scored a few runs in Sri Lanka and at yeah. the, the very back end, the very tail end of of the English summer. But before that, he was struggling, or certainly struggling to score hundreds, getting to fifty all the time. But his his average has now come down below fifty for the first time for about five years, I think. I mean, maybe we're just being, you know, we always talked, or people always talked about Root as being part of that sort of Root Smith, Coley, Williamson. Kind of four horsemen of the something, but it's, it's probably a bit harsh to be critical of Root just because he isn't turned yeah. into Ver- what Verrett Coley's turned into. No, that's that's fair. But yeah. then again, he's just yeah. He, he it's a shame that he hasn't pushed yeah. on. Well, we all want him to. Maybe our expectations are too high. But I think the thing is, he clearly is capable of doing that. He's as talented as as any of those, and and it's just not quite happening. And that's frustrating. And and what's particularly frustrating is that. I think I've used the word frustrating about 300 times on this podcast. I don't know if you're getting a sense of what emotion I'm feeling at the moment. I'm getting frustrated. But what's <laughs> what's particularly frustrating about it is that there's really no need to make him captain. Like it, England always do this, make their best batsman captain. And this isn't a kind of benefit of hindsight thing. I did make this point. If you want to you know, go through the tapes, uh, you can't do a keyword search, uh, when he was made captain. And I, I, rem- I remember us having this conversation, but what is the point of this like it it always happens that England make their best batsman captain his form declines you know his batting gets worse and that's fi- like that's potentially Is that a- an English thing though because when you, you look at Williamson Smith yeah. Coley they're all captains well, and they're all well Smith obviously isn't at the moment but no it's a very it's a very it reasonable it's a very reasonable point I don't know why it happens to English players more than others whether it's to do with 
the media expectation being different or what I don't know but it it has happened to all of the last few captains hasn't it Vaughan Strauss Cook in all cases their batting got worse after being made captain and like that that I think is a a price worth paying in the case of Michael Vaughan or Andrew Strauss who their captaincy skills were so good and they were you know such good leaders actually then there was a net benefit to the team but Root isn't really offering that much tactically or or anything else so it's clearly a net negative like as you say who else would it be but that's kind of the only thing keeping him in the job as far as, far as I'm concerned I mean it's not the you know it's not like his I don't think his job is on the line in any sense he's he's far too it has far too much support at, at the ECB uh, you know it's, it's not going to happen that they're going to change the captaincy but for me the the only reason I would hesitate about taking the captaincy away from Rue is because I don't know who else I'd give it to but it's his post-match interviews as much as anything else that he like he's obviously tactically not had a very good series you know even things like bowling uh anderson and stokes way into that partnership between holder and dowrich in barbados when the, the lead's already 500 and stokes and anderson are still bowling it's like what is who is this benefiting it's ju- they're just you're just knackering out your best bowlers so he's not had a good series captain uh, tactically but just his interviews after this defeat i mean it's just depressingly predictable in the way it, like you used the word bewildered before but he just seems bewildered by what's going on. it's got that i know he's not going to be completely truthful and he's not going to sort of discuss what they're how they're going to assess it and what they're going to say to each other in the dressing room but he just kind of stands there and is like hard to explain we've played really good cricket before we'll have to try and play good cricket you know there's just this idea that we're so much better than this and i don't understand what happened but as we've talked about a lot, I'm not sure they are much better than this. In, in terms of the batting, it's been poor for years. And, and since Joe Root came in, England haven't produced a test quality batsman. And that, that, that's not Joe Root's fault, but it's just frustrating for me that, that they seem to be so deluded about the situation. It is a systemic problem. It's not that I'm, I'm sitting here kind of calling for other batsmen to, to come into the team. There aren't that many options it is a systemic thing that the county championship being in April and September and all this stuff we talk about a lot that England are not producing test match opening batsmen and number three and number four batsmen. And that's not Joe Root's fault, but it would be nice to have a bit more kind of reality. Are we being too harsh on England? Do you think? Like in terms of the batting, like they were, so it was really poor. And to, to not even make 200 in either innings was, was obviously dismal but it was a very difficult pitch the one thing you would say in their defense is that you know they've been bowled out very cheaply on much better pitches than this like it was it was a tough pitch to bat on that's a, that's a weird defense to offer um they were difficult batting conditions root afterwards said it wasn't a fair contest between bat and ball I don't know. What do you think? What, what do you think about the the pitch? I oh, know. Yeah. It, not an easy place to play cricket, but West Indies top four all got in and, and, and did all right. And obviously we talked about Bravo. He stuck it out you know, longer than the rest of them, but they all got there. And uh, yeah, Hetmeyer, Darich and Holder also made contributions lower down the order. Whereas, you know, you look at that England batting performance in the second innings, uh, just nothing. Zilch. That is poor. It was, it was sort of almost like they, they'd given up. No, you don't want to say they'd given up, but some of the shots were just so loose and stumps flying all over the place. I think that's it. I think if, if Root... I don't think Root was kind of hiding behind this, but he did mention a couple of times the pitch in his post-match interview. And if, if you're offering that as an excuse, that would be one thing if every single batsman had been dismissed by a ball like the one he got in the first innings or even like the one he got in the second innings. 
But there were so many poor shots, so many gifted wickets, you know, from Rory Burns just steering one to slip and Bairstow with a wild swipe and getting bowled. You know, that that wasn't really the pitch. That was just poor batting. And, and the other thing to say about the pitch is that I've seen quite a few people sort of talk about it as, you know, supporting what Root said as though it's not a fair contest between bat and ball. And also, yeah, I think Bob Willis said it, it wasn't a, an acceptable pitch for test match cricket. But I've seen a lot of people say like, say something like that and then say, I mean, yeah, it's great viewing, but it's not a good enough pitch for test cricket. And you think, what do you mean? It's great viewing, but like surely it's great viewing is the end of that sentence. I mean, if it was dangerous, yes, but I don't think it would like maybe that one ball that Root got, you could say was dangerous, but I'm not sure there were many others that were legitimately dangerous. And I don't think every pitch should be like this, but the, the, the whole thing about test cricket is you want to have variety and it, I don't see how it can be a bad thing to have a pitch that people that makes people go, yeah, it's great viewing. <laughs> no, exactly. And you know, like, yeah, the match was over within three days, which isn't. This is the thing we've. Well, I've said before about you know Test cricket is that people quite literally want it to always finish in like the third <laughs> session of the fifth day. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, which is just obviously unrealistic, you know. And I guess if you aim for that, you are going to get some draws. And mm. You're going, but you know, it ended within three days. But had England applied themselves. A little bit the English batsman then it probably you know it should have gone to at least the sort of fourth afternoon mm. maybe even a bit longer uh I, I, yeah I, don't, I think you could maybe leave the leave the pitch out of it a lot of these pundits are ex-players and they're imagining themselves batting on it but actually the spectacle is everything especially in this era where test cricket is under pressure for lots of different reasons and you know declining interest around the world and stuff and, and the pitches in the Caribbean have been so flat so dead so bad in my view for over a decade none of them were a fair contest between bat and ball it's just that they were much more skewed towards bat so now we get a pitch that's skewed towards ball and suddenly people are talking about it as being not fit for test cricket well you know the pitches haven't been fit for test cricket for a long time in the Caribbean and I really don't want anyone to do anything to discourage them from producing pitches like this because this is so much better than what we saw in say 2009 which where every game ended in apart from one ended in a draw after you know where both sides are making 600 like this is just much much better for the game no i mean we're off to sanusha aren't we so we'll see uh see how they respond there we'll see if uh yeah so what joe joe root has to say to you we thought it would be a dead rubber and it is yeah just not quite in the way that we had envisaged i mean you might you'll have seen i'm sure about holder being banned for for the game which is a real shame yeah just like mad madness really well he's banned for over eight offences, right? Because the over eight was too slow. And I, I think it, I haven't actually, I've tweeted about it, but I haven't actually read the story. <laughs> Classic. I, I think it's not a first offence thing, is it? It's, you know, he's built up some, he has, he has some previous, um, but it does seem a very strange decision to ban him for this. I, they will say, well, it's just, that's it's the procedure. The rule, yeah. yeah. Which is a reasonable argument, but with everything going on in test cricket at the moment and test cricket in the Caribbean to, to ban Jason Holder for this test match just seems incredibly self-defeating. I'm, I'm not as concerned about overrates either as a lot of people are. I, you know, obviously you want the overrate to be as good as it can be. You want to get the overs in. It's not good for the game if it's taking too long and fans aren't getting their money's worth and stuff. But I just think test cricket's got bigger problems. One of them being that it's struggling for support in the Caribbean and, and banning the captain is no solution really. But yeah, we're going to solution. Are you disappointed it's a dead rubber? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so, slightly. But who cares, really, in the end? <laughs> so, 
more days on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Are we even going to go to the cricket? <laughs> we might just read the paper. Just play Mario Party in your room. Uh, no, it, oh yeah, of course it is disappointing, but hey, can't do anything about it now. You, you won't be too disappointed when you're sat with a rum punch by the pool. No. There are worse things. All right, well, cheers, Tone. Thanks from the Caribbean. Thanks for having me around. Yeah, we're going to be back in the Caribbean with uh, daily updates from St. Lucia, from that dead robber that no one really cares about. Can't wait. We should try and secure an interview with Bayless while we're out there, maybe. Let's doorstep some of these f***ers <laughs> and uh, see if we can't get Joe Root on the podcast. Yeah. No, we'll have a chat, for sure. Be nice. That would be quite funny, wouldn't it? Like in, um, where they doorstep people. What's his name? The guy you talk about? On Channel 4 News, Michael, Michael Crick. Crick. I talk about. You talk about Michael I Crick all about, the time. I don't think I've ever talked about Michael Crick. <laughs> He's like your favourite guy. No. Well, on it, well, you talk about Dan Rowan a lot. Should we try and Dan Rowan, Trevor Bayless? I don't talk about Dan Rowan that much <laughs> you either. You talk about Dan Rowan all the time. Well, no, we should, uh, we should, yeah, we should see if we can track down Bayless. Just, are you embarrassed, Trevor? <laughs> Is your job on the line, Trevor? Yeah, just that, that's not us, I don't think. Are you enjoying your holiday, Trevor? I think it'd be more like... Oh, really nice to meet you, Trev. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well played. Thanks for your time, Trev. Good, good, good series. I really like what you've done with the England team. <laughs> yeah. Good positive cricket, Trev. <laughs> All right. Well, stay in school, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. We'll talk to you from St. Lucia, with or without Trevor Bayliss. Exciting stuff. Bye for See now. See you then. Cheerio. Bye. Bye-bye. Smell your fear. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.